So, everyone doing all right? Oh, come on. Is everyone doing okay? Come on, I want to hear a bit of interaction, please. We're going to go again. Is everybody okay? How are we doing? Okay. Okay. So we are going to be starting a new series tonight, um, and it's called, I Know You Are, But What Am I? And I don't know if you've heard someone say that to you in the playground before. I don't know if you've ever said it to someone, but it's, it's used in a little bit of a different way tonight. And this whole series, this whole kind of set of talks that me, Harvey and Hannah are going to do is all about looking at Jesus as, as a person who meets people in the Bible and he has encounters with people and their lives are transformed. And we're going to look at what we can learn from those people, how Jesus responds and, and what to do with that information. What do we do once we understand what's actually happened? And so we're going to look at a story tonight from a guy called Blind Bartimaeus. Bit of a funky name, Blind Bartimaeus. And we're going to look at this guy and uncover what happened in his life. Um, but before we even get there, I'm going to tell you a quick story um, about when I was at school. So when I was at school, um, and I was just about, I was probably about 15, 16, and I was just about to start my exams. And I'm sat in the school hall. My school hall was quite brown and, and dull, and, and it was a rainy day. And I'm sat there, and I'm about to take my geography test that I'd not really re- revised for at all. Um, and I'm sat there, and I don't know about you guys, if you've taken exams already. There's this moment when you're in the exam hall where all of you, all kind of hundred or whatever it is in the hall of you, you have this moment where you're just like, you take this breath and there's this tension in the air. There's this moment where you're like, okay, this is all these months of not preparing has, has kind of landed on this moment. And I'm going to turn over this paper and this is going to, at the end, is going to give me a grade and this could define what I do at college and, and all of that. And there's this moment of tension, there's this moment of anticipation and I guess slight anxiety where we're just like breathing and just gain some composure and start trying to prepare yourself mentally for what you're about to do. And so I had about like five or six examiners in the room and they would wander around and they got to a point um, where one of them would kind of stand in the middle at the front, as you guys probably know, and they go, okay, you've got 60 minutes for this exam. It's in split into two sections and you've got to make sure that you're looking after your time, making sure that you're going to be spending enough time on each question so that you don't end up rushing at the end and everyone's breathing in a bit more because we're about to start. And she goes, okay, we're going to start. You've got 60 minutes, turn over your papers. And I turn over my paper and I start making notes on the question that's in front of me and I look at it and it doesn't feel too bad. And then in the corner of my eye, I see one of the examiners kind of walking around to the left of the hall and I see this in slow motion. This is the only way I can describe it. And so she's kind of slow motion walking towards this desk and and she kind of like squats to kind of sit down on this desk And you can see maybe where this is going. And in a slow motion, I see this all unfold in front of me where she sits on this desk, but the kind of like the the legs of the desk are not properly set up. And then all of a sudden, I just see a slow motion, like Matrix style, breaking her ankles and falling on her kneecaps and this whole horrible sound of kind of metal clashing. And then, then we all kind of stop, look at what's just happened. And we look at each other and we know we're not supposed to be talking. No one really knows what to do. And then all of a sudden this roar of laughter fills the hall. And we're all kind of 
trying to gain some composure. The examiners are laughing, and there's this whole moment of interruption. There's an interruption to our exam, and it's, we had to get time at the end so that we could actually do the right amount of time, because the pause from this event meant that we lost time. And there's this moment where the entire thing is interrupted. And this story we're going to look at tonight in the Bible with blind Bartimaeus, it starts with an interruption. It starts with this interruption where, where this guy, Bartimaeus, who, who, who's lost his vision, is in a place called Jericho. And it's a big town in the Bible. Um, imagine kind of like a desert kind of scene with like loads of kind of orangey, brownie buildings. And the, the, the air is really hot. And, we, and we, we find Bartimaeus here in Jericho, and he, he hears that Jesus is around. Jesus is walking through this city, and he's with his disciples, doing what he normally does. And he's walking through this city, and Bartimaeus hears about this, and he, he would have been considered like really low on the, like the social chain. like He would not have been valued by anyone. This is the reason why he's on the street, because he's actually a beggar as well. And so he spends most of his time trying to collect people's money in the hope that maybe, maybe at some point his life could just get a little bit more comfortable. That he could, he could maybe kind of capture some kind of money that would mean that he doesn't have to be on the street anymore. Because people don't even look at him. They don't even say a word to him. He would be lucky if he got any spare change. And he finds himself in this situation where Jesus is passing with his disciples. And he shouts out to him, he says, Jesus, son of David. And he would call him son of David because the re- like, that's important to note because really when, only, when you call someone the son of David, you really believe that Jesus was who he said he was. That he was the son of God, that he'd come to save all of us and that he was here to save us. And so he called him by, by that name, son of David. And, and, and in short, what happens is, is that Jesus calls him over and he, he, he is healed. And he receives vision again. He finds himself in a place where his life is transformed. And in this moment where Jesus' world collides with Bartimaeus' world, complete transformation and something incredible happens where this guy receives his vision. And so we're going to read the actual story from the Bible. So it's up here. It's Mark 10, 46 to 52. And it says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Next slide. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called on to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now there's something about this story that's different because the thing is, is that Jesus would quite commonly walk down this road with his disciples just as he did that day. And, and over the three years that we hear about when Jesus is doing things on, on, on earth, he would have quite possibly walked down this road quite a few times. So what's different about this time? 
What's different about Jesus walking through Jericho this time that made Bartimaeus shout out to him and say, I need your help, God. I need your help, Jesus. Please, have mercy on me. What was different? Well, Jesus was, in about two weeks' time, about to head into the place where he'd eventually die. And so Bartimaeus would have known something's going to happen. He would have known the tension in the air between the people that were in power, that wanted to do things to Jesus. He would have known that something was going to happen. And so he would have saw this as his last chance. He would have saw this moment as something that was his last chance to try and make something of his life. Because he'd heard about all the stuff that Jesus might have done. And he, he, he'd heard about all the people that had kind of encountered him. And he really wanted that for himself because he was in such a difficult place. And he thought, you know what, I've got to give this a shot. I've got to give this a shot. And so we find Bartimaeus in this place where he collides worlds with Jesus. And his life is transformed. But I get it, right? You are probably thinking, what the heck? does this guy, this blind beggar, this person that that has a moment with Jesus, what does he have to do with me? How on earth does this even link with my life? How is this relevant to me? You see, we might not necessarily be blind, but at some point during our lives, we all face things that we have to combat. We have things like anxiety, We have things like depression, we have loneliness, we have problems at school. And so whenever I say the word blind, when I'm talking about blind Bartimaeus, I want you to substitute that word blind with something that you might have struggled with in the past, something that you struggle with now, or even something that you might see being a problem in the future. Look at your life and think about what are you battling right now and substitute it. So it's not blind Bartimaeus, it's angry Bartimaeus. It's depressed Bartimaeus. It's anxious Bartimaeus. It's Bartimaeus who has real issues with his parents at home. He can't seem to do anything right. He goes to school and he's lonely. Or he has problems with his emotions and he can't contain them and it gets him into trouble. Think of Bartimaeus like that. Think of him in that situation. And we're going to look at this in two different ways tonight. So we're going to look as though we are Bartimaeus, like I just said. And we're going to look at it from the disciples' point of view as well. So the disciples were with Jesus and they responded in a bit of a weird way. And so we're going to look at that. But in the Bible, this kind of story that we just read, it says something about Bartimaeus having a coat. And it's, it's often overlooked. No one really pays attention to that part. No one really has any kind of interest in the fact that he's got a coat. But the thing is, is that Jericho is far too hot for him to be wearing a coat during the day or the night. So there's only two explanations to, as to why Bartimaeus has a coat with him. And in his day, it would have been more like a cloak. And so explanation number one is that he is Jericho's very first roadman wearing a puffer coat in the middle of 35 degree temperatures. Or... There is a purpose for this cloak. And I've got some black material that would kind of look a little bit like his cloak. And he would have it on the floor in front of him whilst people were traveling by. Because this was the main road in and out of Jericho. So as much as I want to believe that Bartimaeus was Jericho's very first roadman wearing his easy flip-flops, it wasn't. It was meant for something else. It was meant for something completely different. It was meant to capture people's spare change. 
This was how Bartimaeus was capturing people's spare change. This is how he had kind of come up with a solution to solve his problems. This was his plan, a cloak. That was his plan. And so this cloak represents his need to beg. For you, it represents that anxiety. It represents that depression. It represents those problems at home. It represents those, that stuff at school that's going on right now or the stuff that did happen. That's what this represents. And it was designed to capture people's spare change. And you see, spare change for you is not physical money because that's what Bartimaeus thought. He thought, as long as I can capture people's money, maybe one day I can make something of my life. Maybe one day I can get out of this place and maybe I can just be a little bit more comfortable. No, for you guys, it's not actual money. It's when you have low self-esteem and you put a photo up on Instagram and you look for people's likes because you, it makes you feel better and you think maybe one day I'll wake up and I'll have these likes on Instagram and everything will be fixed. That's what despair changes for you. That's what it is for you. When, you. when you think that you can kind of capture people's spare change to fix your problems, that's what this is. And so Bartimaeus is kneeling down the side of the road and he's begging for people's spare change he's asking please this is the only way my life is ever going to mean something I can't fight this on my own I need your help and the problem with him having the cloak out on the ground was that as long as that cloak was on the ground he believed that people's spare change was the only way that he could ever make something of his life but what we see in the scripture, in the Bible, and in the story that we read, if we could bring it back up. So that's, next slide, please. So it says, right at the bottom there, it says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And so something in Bartimaeus that day made him believe that instead of trying to find people's spare change, what he was going to do is he's going to pick this up and he was going to leave his begging aside and he was going to drop it and he was going to go to Jesus. And you see, even us as youth leaders, we can give you our spare change. We, can, we will always be there for you. We will always support you. If you need us, we are there. And we can offer you anything and, and our time or whatever we have on us to support you. But the only thing we can do really is point you to Jesus. We can only tell you, right, this is who's going to fix your problems. This is what's going to help you. Not getting likes on Instagram or anything of that sort. It's going to Jesus. And Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was around and he picked up his cloak and he said, you know what? This isn't going to work, but you are Jesus. You're going to fix this problem. But for some of us, it's not that easy. It's just not that easy. Because we have this cloak in front of us. And, and, and this is what happened to Bartimaeus, I think, quite a lot, because this was the last time that Jesus passed through this part. But there were other times, and there's a chance that Bartimaeus was there too. So why didn't he act before? Why didn't he do something about this before? And it's because when we have our cloak out for so long, we, we get so used to it. It becomes part of us. It becomes 
part of who we are. So that anxiety just becomes part of your personality and your character. And that depression and that anger and all the stuff that you face becomes part of who you are. And so when Jesus comes along, instead of reaching out or calling out to him, what we do is we use our cloaks to hide. We use it as a shield to hide from actually facing the reality of our problems because it just seems too much to let go of it. And so this thing that holds you down also makes you believe that you need it. But in a moment, it broke for Bartimaeus and he dropped it. So how do we get the courage? How do we find the motivation to pick up our cloaks, throw it away and say, Jesus, I'm just going to trust you with this. And if you're not a Christian in, in the room, This applies to you too. You don't have to believe in God for him to want to fix your problems. And so I've got two very small, simple points that we can see in the way that Bartimaeus reacted that can help us to understand how to actually pick up our cloak. And the first one is this. It's call out. Call out. The very first thing that Bartimaeus did was he called out. He said, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need your help. I've I've struggled with this for far too long. I can't do this anymore. Can you help me? Can 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 you fix this for me? And so he called out to Jesus. He called out and then Jesus' response was, call him over to me. And so the second thing is get up. Just get up. And I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds like it's obvious. But what Jesus asked Bartimaeus to do was to come to him. You see, the thing is, guys, is that Jesus Jesus does not want to invade on your life. He doesn't want to impose himself on you. So he will always ask you to come to him because if he comes to you, you will never step out of what is holding you down. And so that stuff that we've just been talking about, Bartimaeus actually had to physically walk to Jesus because if he stayed there, he would have carried on begging, he would have never thrown his cloak away, and he would have remained the same. And so tonight we need to find the courage to actually get up. So once we call out and we say, Jesus, Jesus, I need your help, the next part is to actually get up and go to him. But we're going to go and look at the disciples' impression now, too, of this story. And so, if we can bring the Bible verse back up on the screen for me. Uh, Yeah, that one. Back. Brilliant. And so, we've got this moment where it says, Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. And by many, this would have included the disciples as well. And so we've got this moment where Jesus and his disciples are walking through Jericho. They're kind of minding their own business. And then then this guy at the side of the road calls out to Jesus and calls him son of David. Now, in this particular time, this city, that was a dangerous thing to do. Because when you actually expose Jesus for who he actually is, the people in charge of all the stuff and all the law and all the jails and all of that, they take notice. They don't like Jesus. So this was a dangerous thing to say. This was dangerous because this was exposing Jesus for who he really was. And so the disciples' reaction in here was to try and get this guy to shut up. And so I imagine the disciples in this moment, they hear this guy and and he's calling out for Jesus. And I can imagine them saying to Jesus, Jesus, 
I, I, I'm really not comfortable with this. Can, can we move? Can, can we get out of here? Can, can we? And then Jesus goes, call him over. And they're looking at each other and they're like, oh, he's doing that thing again where he's being a great person and he's calling people over and he's healing them and he's doing the stuff he always does. Let's go and hide. Because they think that not only is Jesus going to get into trouble here, they're going to get into trouble as well because they're his followers. And so they have this moment where they kind of feel trapped. They feel really uneasy, really uncomfortable because they're being exposed to who they really are. And so if in the first part of what we looked at tonight, Jesus sets us free, then once we're set free, there's something we have to do with that information. And so if there's one thing I want you to remember tonight, it's this. It's going to come up on the screens. When you call out, just like Bartimaeus, when you call out, you're set free. And when you're set free, you're free to save. And it's not us really that saves people. It's not us that really does anything. It's just when, when we encounter Jesus, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, we, and when we, when, we, when we encounter him, it's our responsibility then to go and take that information to other people because it can't stay in your life. It was never meant just for you. So when you're set free, it's also our responsibility to go and help other people get set free from their problems too, from their anxiety issues too. And so I wonder maybe sometimes when you go into school and you... You, you, you are, you're in a classroom, and maybe it's, a, it's an RS lesson or an RE lesson, whatever it is in your school, and, and, and someone points you out for being the Christian in the room, and you get really uncomfortable because you're being exposed to who you really are, the kind of side of you that you never actually talk about at school at all, the, the, the side of you that you try and hide, if we're honest, and trust me, I've been there. School's a hard place, especially when... You've got a faith and, and all of that. And so we get uneasy and we think that this is going to get messy real quick. So what's different about the way that Jesus responds in this situation? Why does he not get nervous? Why does he not get like uncomfortable? What is it about him that, that's different in this situation? Why, why, was he so, why was he so calm? And why were the disciples so uneasy? You see, the thing is that Jesus knew that in two weeks' time he was heading to a cross to die. But he also knew that in two weeks' time he was going to the cross to rise again and to, and to come back to life. And so that he knew no matter what happened in that situation, no matter what happened to him or whatever anybody said or what anybody thought of him or what anyone did to him, he'd already won. It was already sorted. He did not need to worry because whatever happened, he was going to rise from the dead anyway. And so he knew going into this situation that, that he could heal this man. He could heal Bartimaeus. He could set him free from his problems. And he didn't need to worry because it was already sorted. And so when you go into school and you go into your RS lessons and you feel exposed, and you feel like people are, are exposing you for who you really are, this is my challenge to you. This is what I want to challenge you on tonight. I want you to know when you go into that situation that Jesus has got your back. He's already been there. He's already done it. He's got you. Whatever someone says to you, it doesn't matter because he will use that situation to make you stronger anyway. He's already gone before you. He's got you. 
And so when you feel exposed, he's got you. And when you feel like you have to hide who you really are to people, he's got you. And for those of you that aren't Christians in the room, and maybe this is all new to you, I want you to know that this whole Christian thing, this whole faith thing, it doesn't make life easy. In fact, quite often we, f- we find ourselves in these situations where we get really uncomfortable uh, quite often. It doesn't make it easy, but it means that whenever we face challenges, what I believe anyway is that God, he uses those situations to make us stronger and to make us into people that are capable of doing some pretty incredible things. And so every time you go into school, guys, and you face a situation like that, don't look at it as, a, as, a, as an exposing moment. Look at it as an opportunity to grow. Look at it as an opportunity to become, I guess, the best version of yourself. Look at it at that opportunity. And this is kind of the time where I'd usually give you a bunch of practical points on how to find the courage to do this. But the reality is, is that the only thing that we can do when we hear a challenge like that is just spend some time with Jesus. And so if the band can come back up for me, we're going to do that. I want to leave some time and some space for him to to, to do that. And if you're not a Christian, don't worry about this moment. You can just kind of observe from afar if you want. But I feel like there are two groups of people in this room. There are people that feel like Bartimaeus who are metaphorically on their knees and they're desperate. They're desperate to get out of the situation that they're currently facing. They're desperate to beat this anxiety. Desperate to to beat this home situation and just feel okay. Some of you feel like Bartimaeus and you've been trying to fix your own problems by putting your cloak out on the floor to capture people's spare change. And so that's, that's one group of people here tonight. And the other is people that have encountered Jesus, that might have experienced who he is, have seen him work in our lives, but now we need to go and do something with that piece of information. That is something that we need to go and kind of do something with. And the bottom line, like I said, is when you call out, you're set free. But when you're set free, you're free to save. What happened in your life was not meant to stay there. You were supposed to go and show and tell people about that. And so some of you need the courage to to kind of get motivated to do that or to get better at doing that. And so what I'm going to ask you guys to do is just all for you to stand for me. love it if you could all just kind of close your eyes it's not anything weird it's just that it helps you to focus and none of you get distracted by each other and this is a personal moment this is a personal moment you see the thing is is that I believe that Jesus is a freedom giver he's a chain breaker he sets us free from the things that we struggle with therefore you are set free but you are now able to set other people free too by telling them what Jesus did in your life and so with your eyes closed I'm going to I'm going to ask something brave of you guys um, and it just takes like maybe just 5-10 seconds of just bravery 
Just five, 10 seconds of bravery and putting yourself out there. And it could change your life. And so for the first group of people that I wanna pray for are the people that feel like they are Bartimaeus. They are isolated. They are angry. They are hurt. They feel lonely. And this can be if you're a Christian or not a Christian. We all have problems. These aren't christian problems. They're human problems. And so you feel like Bartimaeus and you've been trying to capture people's spare change and fix your own problems. But you've had enough. Now this is the time where Jesus walks by, you hear people talking about him and you say, Jesus, come and help me. Can you please help me? I can't take the weight of this anymore. God, please help me. And so if that's you, like I said, I want five seconds of complete bravery. I just want you put your hand in the air and then if you see someone with their hand in the air I want you to pray for them boys with boys, girls with girls and so if that's you I'd love it if you could just just for five seconds put your hand in the air where, where you feel like you have just dealt with this problem for so long and now it's time to go to Jesus with it thanks guys if you've got your hand up just tap the person next to you if you're comfortable and ask them, ask them to pray for you. Leaders, if you could be keeping an eye out for that. It's great, guys. Really feel like this is progress for you. That this is a night where you actually make progress on figuring out how to deal with this problem. And not so much relying on Instagram for likes or relying on other people's compliments. So I'm going to pray for you guys. Father, I thank you that when you walk by and we call out to you, you ask us to come to you and you will help us with our problems. God, I thank you that you are a freedom giver. That you set people free. Father, and that that transforms who we are and it sets us free to help other people get set free too. And so, Father, for these guys that were incredibly brave to say that tonight, I really pray that you begin to just work in their hearts and that you begin to heal people who are hurting, people that have been anxious for as long as they could remember, heal people that are angry, disappointed, lonely, and you would replace that with your goodness, God. Thank you for what you're doing, Father. And guys, if you're still praying, stay there. Don't move out of that. That's fine.
The second group of people, and this may or may not be you, and it's okay if it's not you, but there are a group of people in here that need the courage to go and share this with people. They need the courage to go and say, you know what, this happened to me. This was real. This is something that I, uh, that, 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 that I have encountered, I've experienced, and, and it's made me a stronger person, and, and I, I, I can't let you go by in life without knowing just how to fix this and, 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 to, and to reach out and to have this same experience. Some of you, I guess, just want to do that, but need the, the motivation, the courage, and bravery to do that and so again five seconds of bravery if that's you just put your hand in the air thank you guys again guys if there's people around you that have got their hands up just put a hand on their shoulder pray that God encourages them and motivates them turns them into people that are actually just so passionate about seeing other people set free and if you haven't responded tonight guys that's okay absolutely right but I encourage you don't switch off in this moment because just, just because you haven't responded right now doesn't mean that God isn't doing something in your life and so we're going to sing in a moment and I don't want you guys to switch off. I don't want you guys to think that, okay, that's the end. Cool, that felt nice. I want this to be something that, that means something to you. So the band are going to lead us. And if you're praying, stay praying. But don't switch off. Let's still be open to what God's doing.